A few years ago, it appeared that auto shows were headed the way of the dinosaur. But today, some researchers say they're stronger than ever, thanks to the very groups who are dragging them down. On today's show, we examine the big auto show turnaround. And now, here's your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week. The topic today is all about auto shows. Yeah, auto shows because we think there's a lot of interesting things going on there. And I've got three panelists to talk all about that, including Rick Deneau. He's the brand and product guy for Fiat Chrysler Auto Communications. Steve Bruin is the CEO of a company called Foresight Research. And Stephanie Brinley is an analyst with IHS Market. I want to thank all three of you for having joined me thank here you. today. Thank you. Thanks, Steve, let me start with you. Uh, we're seeing so much change in the automotive industry now, moving to electrification, all this talk about ride sharing and car sharing, and even ultimately autonomous cars. I'm wondering, are, are you seeing changes in auto shows as well? Uh, not so much the last five years. I imagine the rod and drives are going to be really cool when we get to ride sharing and mobility, but that hasn't obviously happened yet. But I will tell you what has happened. If you were to go back four years ago or so, there was a lot of conversations about millennials. There was a lot of conversations about millennials who weren't interested in their cell phones and they were interested in automobiles. And one of the things that was being pointed to was the uh, low attendance rates um, at auto shows among uh, millennials. But the reason for that had nothing to do with whether or not they like cars. It had everything to do with the economy. These were the folks who were threatened. Uh, they were afraid they were going to lose their job. Consumer confidence was at a low in this group. That's all changed. And uh, I would say three or four years ago, millennials accounted for about 10% of automobile show employee uh, uh, attendees. Today, it accounts for 30%. So, I mean, it's, it's a huge increase in attendance, and it has driven up the attendance at auto shows uh, almost 50%. It's just amazing what has happened. Fifty percent increase in attendance. In attendance, yes. That's a huge increase. It is, and it, and it's the return of the millennials that weren't there at all to speak of three or four years ago. But today, yes, fifty percent increase in attendance, and and that's among buyers to make it even a, even a stronger conversation. Twenty-two percent of all buyers last year attended an auto show, and most of them were influenced to purchase by the auto show. That number was a lot lower. Uh, four years ago. So auto shows are a very critical, uh, uh, play an important role in boosting car oh, sales. They do. And uh, and in the millennial, among the millennials, it's even more so because they don't have prior experience. And so the reliance on uh, what to buy uh, is is through search. So And, and auto shows are a part of that search. Rick, yeah. you go to probably just about every auto show there is. And not just in the U.S., I, I know you go to a lot of auto shows outside of this country as well. Do you see the same thing happening, that millennials are playing a bigger role in this? Well, for us, you know, I can't really speak on the marketing side so much, but certainly a lot of the vehicles that we're making, the brands, we hope are, are attractive to those, uh, to those folks. But it's, it's still the same prominence and important for us, importance for us. I know there's been a lot of change, a lot more, uh, a lot more social and such. But for us, still the captive audience of all the media, and that's really how we help communicate uh, communicate our messages to the consumer. So uh, very, very important for us. Yeah, your thoughts, Stephanie? Well, it's it's important to remember too that the auto show has several 
several um, reasons for being. You know, you've got the media side and you've got the public side. At the Detroit Auto Show, we're lucky enough to also have the industry days side, which is it's a rare special opportunity that doesn't happen at most shows. So it's a it's a multi-purpose event, um, and media does stay quite strong. Getting the millennials back on board is really a terrific thing. And kind of, I, I, I have to say, I wasn't really believing it when, when we were saying millennials don't like cars anymore. It, it really was much more about economics and not having the ability to buy them. And when you can't buy something, you're much less interested in going to check it out. And millennials are also tend to, to really search out experiences and search out what they're interested in. So it also makes sense within that generational group for them to want to go and see it and experience it themselves. Auto shows provide an opportunity where you don't have a salesperson right there for you. To, but you do have product specialists usually on the stands that can answer some questions about how a car may or may not work. And yet, despite what you're saying, we're seeing fewer young people get their driver's license. We know right now that teenagers with driver's license as a percentage are at the lowest they've been probably in all of our lifetime. So how do you jive that with what you're saying? Millennials, millennials? aren't teenagers anymore. Okay, okay. Well, that, that's fair enough. But I would say even, you can take it up, uh, I, I want to say the latest research I showed showed a, a strong decrease up through 30-year-olds and even a decrease up through 40-year-olds. I think part of it tends to be we do have changes in the economy, and it is a, a bit of a life stage thing, too, um, when you need it. We, we're getting older and older before we actually need to have a license. If you look kind of at the way that... that the things are happening with kids today a little bit more so. You've got parents driving around, you've got the social media, you've got different reasons for not necessarily having to have a car until you're post-college mm -hmm. and until you're starting a family. So there's different points, different reasons for that driving the, the delayed um, acquisition of those licenses as well. And yet it's still all about freedom. I mean, you know, what, what kid doesn't want to get away, take the keys, be able to leave the house and uh, you know, it's great, too, for them to pick up milk and anything that you want them to. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, are you changing anything that you do in your communications or even your displays at auto shows with a younger audience in mind? Um, you know, again, more more on the marketing side, but, uh, you know, certainly for us, it's, you know, again, it's all about those, those two aspects of it, as you're talking about, which is the, and you mentioned the industry days, too, as well, Stephanie, but uh, the, the whole media side of things and the upfront, the consumer side, and, you know, I know that the guys spent a lot of time doing research to find out how do we draw them into the stand, how do we keep them in the stand, what are the things of interest, uh, but same thing. I mean, I think there's more interest yeah, When you talk about dis standpoint. displays, um, you know, the age-old adage was always the car is the star, and it's still true, uh, but the display is the supporting cast. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you look at why people are in the displays, what you'd find is that almost more, more than two-thirds of them are in the market to buy a car. They're 12-month intenders. This past year, was 75% of them are 12-month intenders, and they're wait, there wait, wait, to shop. So 75% of the people going to auto shows are going to buy a new car within the next 12 months? They say they're going to okay, buy a car. In the next. Okay. So, but yes, um, there were two, two big changes in auto show attendance in the last couple of years. One was the increase. The other one was the quality. Because if you were to go back... Three or four years ago, there was perhaps 55% of the attendees were 12-month intenders intending to buy a car in the next 12 months. Today, that's 75%. So the amount of shopping that goes on at an auto show is incredible. Uh, and that's the reason why the, the uh, array of cars on the floor, the, uh, a variety of colors, a variety of trim styles, all of those things are really important. 
um, as are the product specialists. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you look at somebody exiting a display and you talk to them, we talk to buyers, we talk about 6,000 buyers in the last three months on this subject. And what we found is half of them said they were influenced to purchase that brand by being at that display, half. Put them in a rod and drive, it's 75%. Mm -hmm. It's enormous. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the same basic thing as what happens to a car dealer when they do a test drive. It's not different than that. It's that experience. So what you're saying is you don't just want beautiful women and That's handsome right. men looking pretty on the stage. You want people who really know the car. Yeah, but don't overdo that because the people are looking to shop. They want the fundamentals that, that the system in, in shopping, but they want a good environment. You know, they're also, it's, it's also a day at the fair. You know, it's, it's a family outing. It's a good time. Um, it's an opportunity to see a lot of competitive cars in the same place without, without being pressured in any way. And they do enjoy the videos, and they do enjoy the ride and drives, and they do enjoy, you know, the fun and entertainment part of, of the auto show. It's an exciting place to be. Butts and seats and, and, and uh, no yeah. pressure. Right. 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 And it's, yeah. it's to some degree, when we talk about um, the, the media days and we have big product reveals and big product announcements and, and there is... Um, there is a little bit of, there's more opportunities for automakers in terms of where they, they first show a car. But the difference between that media introduction and what we're talking about with these attendees is the distance between being ready to buy something and just being curious and making sure that they're aware that it exists, whether they're going to buy it this year or three years from now. So you've got two different two different reasons for the messages and two different audiences. Mm -hmm. And they both remain highly important. Stephanie, I'm curious. You go to a lot of auto shows, too. Maybe. And, and you're not there to shop. You're there to get information and, and talk to people, I'm sure, too. But I'm wondering, in today's wired world, where you can get so much information and so much access to people without having to be face-to-face, -face, are they as valuable to you today as they were in the past? For me, they are. Why so? I, um, it's A lot of it is networking. A lot of it is, is hearing... Um, hearing the, the actual presentation itself. And I pick up a little bit more information every time that I do. If I have some information before I walk into the show, then I've done my homework first, and so I know a little bit more about what I'm listening for. Um, and then you know, for what I'm trying to do and trying to understand how this product is, is going to play, then being able to touch it and feel it is, is still part of what I'm going to do. And then, of course, there's the, the networking aspect of talking with journalists, of talking with my clients, of talking with my colleagues. So for me, they're still a hugely important. For the average attendee, um, that experience is, is very critical. It's clear they have digital information, they have social networking, all kinds of ways that you can find out about automobiles. But outside of going to the dealer, this is the only way you can get in one. And uh, you can get a, we, we measure a lot of messaging at shows and, and what comes across. And more than anything else, it's the ability to touch it, to feel it, to see if it's big enough, to you know, see how I'd look behind the wheel. It's all of those things that cannot be communicated as well in any other media. And, and, and you know, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, you know yourself, John. I mean, you see a photo of a vehicle in advance, and still there's nothing like seeing it in person, right? Yeah. It might look different in the photo. Uh, you know, certainly certainly, it's, it's different to see it, you know, in terms of proportion and such in, in person. Although, I got to tell you, even at an auto show, I try not to judge the way a car looks. Why? 
because it's up on a stand. Mm -hmm. So you're not looking at it at the same angle that you would out on the street. You need to stand behind it. it, it well, yeah. <laughs> Even so, but you know, and it, it's lit differently yeah. than you'll see out in sunlight. And so literally I've seen cars at auto shows where I went, that looks pretty good. Or I thought, ugh, that's terrible. And then I see it on the street and I, and I flip my opinion. So Absolutely. Well, you know, I, in the secondary and the tertiary shows, that's not nearly as common. Sure. Now explain that, secondary and tertiary well, uh, shows. Uh, we, we break this into three categories of auto show. There is, there's New York, Chicago, LA, Detroit. And we add to that the Texas State Fair and the Oklahoma State Fair because of the, the, the attendance is so big. We call them the primary shows. The secondary shows would be the Clevelands, um, Salt Lake City, Dallas, uh, and, and Atlanta, and so forth and so on, uh, Minnesota. And those, fo and those shows um, are much more likely to be automobiles, cars and carpet. Yeah, yeah. Much more likely to be that. Tertiary shows are yet again smaller cities, um, probably cities of a half a million and down, and some of them are quite small. Um, but same basic displays. But when you walk into those shows, those cars are much more like what you would see in an automotive showroom, for example, or even on the street. It, and turnstiles may be missing altogether, frankly, in those mm -hmm. shows. Oh, yeah. And, and even in Detroit, if you go from a media day versus a public day, you see that the layout on a lot of stands does tend to change. The cars come down. Chicago is another good example for that, the difference between sort of media days and public days. The, the number of cars that are there goes up. They're closer together. They're a little bit lower. They're easier to get into. And that's the difference between looking, putting the car out there for somebody who might want to buy it right now and for those of us just trying to get that initial information and understanding of the vehicle. Yeah, and, and for the audience, if they're not aware too, uh, when you talk the major international shows, like in Frankfurt, Germany, or Shanghai, China, or even Detroit, automakers will spend millions of dollars on their display. Yeah. Some of them are, are absolutely spectacular. You know, the Detroit show, it's like walking into a little city they've, mm -hmm. that they've constructed inside the we, convention center. We also measure of them as well. I mean, we do Beijing and Shanghai, and we do Frankfurt and Paris, and we, of course, every year Geneva. Mm -hmm. And we find there's an awful lot of shopping going on there as well, even though those, those are very important PR shows for, for well, sure. Well, those are, uh, those are really more buying shows. I mean, you know. There's a lot of shows. buying going on, yeah. Rick, FCA or Chrysler before it became FCA was known for putting on these grandiose extravaganzas during the media days. Has that gone away? Is that coming back? Where, where's that stand right now? Uh, I think it's more, uh, I, I think it's more, uh, I mean, certainly we want to cut through the clutter and that's really the start and the gist of all of that. Uh, the advent of TV uh, attraction in those shows too. I mean, first it was mostly print and then you know, all of a sudden, a, a Jeep Grand Cherokee driving through the glass at the Detroit Auto Show with the mayor, you know, in the uh, in, in the car seat. But um, so it, it's just at, it's at a different level. I mean, I think it's smarter. I think it's uh, a little more direct, and yet still, that's what we try to do. We try to cut through the clutter. Steve, uh, your research shows though that there's an opportunity to do more entertainment at car shows. One of the things that you sent me before the show so that I could prepare for this is that. A lot of people just aren't interested in a car show, but maybe if you provided the right entertainment, you could attract them. Yeah, um, let me talk about that. Uh, this is really this is really important. Um, we we also measure people who don't go to shows. 
In fact, we measured 15,000 of them last year, but or talked to 15,000 of them. And why is it that people don't go? The number one reason is they either are not interested or not in the market and will only attend an auto show when they think they're interested in buying an automobile or a truck. So to the extent that you can communicate the, the, the enjoyment that comes from an auto show, you will improve its attendance. That's one point. The second point is, when they, and that's the number one reason people don't attend, the number two reason that people don't attend is they didn't know about it. And this is, a, to me, is a shocker. Um, it, that does not occur in Detroit. It does not occur in Chicago. It doesn't occur in Minneapolis. And it doesn't occur in Cleveland. That's about it. Um, so even in New York and L.A., uh, well, people are unaware that an auto show is going right. on. And the reason for that is typically there's a two-week flight prior to the show. And so people would say, if I'd known more than a week ahead of time, I'd have accommodated into my schedule. And those shows that do a four-week flight, for example, Detroit and Chicago and Cleveland, um, have a big, big jump in attendance. Um, Detroit, of course, is a, is a very uh, biased it's, market. It's a company town. Yeah, I mean, come exactly. on. Exactly. But you take a Chicago, for example, and the penetration in Chicago which is among the best in the country. About 23% of the Chicago households attended the Chicago Auto Show. About 20, 23, That's almost- an amazing statistic. Well, That's is. a lot. Yeah, I, I looked at your, your interview with Dave Sloan um, when you were there and you asked him about attendance and his, his answer was what an answer always is from a producer. He said, don't ever trust what a producer tells you about attendance, which is the reason we measure attendance. <laughs> but almost one out of four. You go to New York, it's one out of 10. Now, New York is a whole different thing. It's an enormous market, and, and the Javits Center isn't that big. So there isn't, they're, they're kind of constrained by you know, what they could do. But a lot of the shows across the country get about 1 out of 10, 1 out of 12. Um, I'm sorry, 10 to 12 percent of the households attending Chicago doubles that. And part of that is pre-show communications. Mm, very interesting. Stephanie, we're seeing a number of auto shows now, the big ones. Mm -hmm add a, a sort of a sub-conference all about mobility. mobility. This move to ride-sharing and autonomous cars. Detroit put on a terrific one. Mm -hmm. LA has been trying uh, as well. Right. Uh, Frankfurt, Germany, well, I think, yes. might have been the first one to do it. What, what's your thoughts of this? Is this diluting the show? Is it helping the show? What's your so, thought? So far, those tend to be more on closer to the media days and, and communicating what, what the future might be on that. for. It's harder to explain that to a consumer, and, and we're a little bit farther away from when autonomous vehicles are really going to be picking you up. We're, we're talking, I mean, the first automakers are talking 2020, 2021, and those first autonomous cars are envisioned as being in very specific ride-sharing applications in various geo-fenced areas. So if we're talking about an auto show that, that people go to because they want to buy a car, well, there's a huge gap between being able to explain mobility to a consumer in 2017 that they're not really going to, to have much personal access to or, or access with until 2021, 2022, and later. Um, but it's also something that's definitely a trend in the market and the, the industry. It's something the industry is watching very, very closely and very much a part of. It's, it's not so much electrification as is the mobility aspect of it that can and does have the potential to really change the industry in ways that we think we understand, but there's going to be some prizes, some prizes out there. So it becomes very important on the media days and very important on those informational times. I think that 
consumers need to see and experience that this is happening and they're kind of aware of it. But again, it's it's so far down from what they're actually showing up to see. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of a gap there. Yeah. Uh, Rick, I'd like to get your input on this, too, because as Stephanie's saying, it ten- this subconference, if you will, is taking place during the media days. Do right. you, as a communications people, person, see that siphoning off your audience, or, or do you think it's good for the show overall? I'm really glad to hear you say it's very important, and uh, that means that you're going to be there and, uh, and, uh, and media will be there, because that's our biggest concern, is that how much do you stretch out how long folks are, are coming to the show? Uh, speaking specifically about media analysts, uh, so on and so forth. If we're already there a couple days now, we add another day, you know, a, a fourth day, uh, potentially, how many days and what days will you be there for? So that's what we're trying to figure out and continue to monitor. Yeah. And, and when you open it and you add more mobility discussion, you are picking up a little bit different media and, mm-hmm. and people that are, that are more interested in technology and that aren't really necessarily all that worried about a car tomorrow. So you do pick up different media, mm-hmm. and then you have traditional auto reviewers that may or may not be as focused on further out that, that will only come to the second half and not the first half. So again, these shows really do reach out to a variety of audiences in a variety of situations for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's certainly, we're folding mobility into that and still learning how that's gonna work and exactly you know, how important it is at each show. I think that's, that's an ever-evolving situation. I th- we've talked before yeah. about CES, and, and um, I, as, in watching this, knowing that there's this gap between when autonomous cars are actually going to be here and how much we can really show, show and demonstrate, I sort of wonder in 2019 and 2020 and 2018, what is the automobility discussion going to be? Well, for the fourth year in a row, we're going to tell you about how we're going to have an autonomous car that is eventually going to pick you up and drop you off and it's going to take care of all the stuff. Where's the, where's the advancement? And there are things that are happening, but are they different enough to catch a consumer's attention? Are they different enough for anything but the, the very sort of grimly tech guys to be able to follow? It's... I'm looking it to may not be enough right out. now, but I, I think as we get closer to that 2020, 2021, the public's very interested in this stuff. 2018 might be a little interesting for mobility. We might find the news sort of tapers off a little bit and then picks back up when we get closer to an actual yeah, viable commercial. I want to raise another topic because we're getting down to, sort of towards the end here. But I, And this is something that Foresight Research turned up, but I want to get Rick's reaction first. It has shown that there's more opportunity to show accessories for cars. Mm-hmm. As long as they're there shopping, these are customers, you know, and they're going to be in the market, 75% of them in the next 12 months, why not show them the whole array of things of how they can accessorize their cars? And it seems to me FCA really put the push on that in, in the last Detroit Auto Show, for example. Uh, you know, hopefully you've noticed that even before then, because Mopar, for us, it's one of our brands, you know. And so not just accessories, uh, but customer care of the whole nine yards. And so they're there at every show. We're integrated together as part of our stand. Uh, and so hopefully hopefully folks can, uh, can see that easily. The accessory um, part of this thing is important, and it's way overlooked. Uh, about one out of three buyers who are going to personalize their car, and there's a lot of them, by the way, almost half the market, uh, go to an auto show. One out of three will attend an auto show. And you guys do a fabulous job with the Mopar display on accessories, but most auto companies don't. It's a, it's a great overlooked opportunity. 
and it, particularly in the secondary markets, which it comprises the, the majority of attendance. So you have the buyer of, of accessories there, it, one out of three of them. Uh, they are there to look at cars, to buy cars, and buy accessories, and accessories are not a tack on purchase. They are part of the purchase right up front. So that all makes sense. What makes even more sense is the fact that once you get by the the big shows, you guys don't send a concept car, you know, to Atlanta. You don't do it, and you won't. And yet, if the Atlanta dealers got together and did a Ram truck and hung $3,000 worth of accessories on it, you know what they would have in the customer's eye? A concept car. Mm -hmm. And the concept car would steal the show, and it would steal the PR before the show. The PR exists in Atlanta, it exists in Newport News, and it exists everywhere. It's local media, mm -hmm. but it's always there. And it would steal the show, and it could be done at very low cost, and, and, and they don't do so it. So what you seem to be saying, Steve, is that there's even more opportunity for automakers to take advantage no of doubt. auto shows to sell more stuff. There's no question about it. And we do a lot of work in accessories too. And uh, last year, um, of all the cars retailed, uh, the, uh, the, the accessory bill per unit sold was $500 with an additional $400 coming down the road. And when you look at people who've been driving the cars two or three years, they did spend $1,000, and those that accessorized spent $2,000. This is not a small matter. And if, if car sales soften a bit in the, in the coming couple of three years, this is an opportunity for dealers to maintain the margins because the margins and accessories are very good. Um, the opportunity to show them in auto shows is tremendous. Uh, this is this is a, a real opportunity that really needs to happen, in my opinion. Does your research show that um, that consumers, even if they don't accessorize, kind of do you quantify how excited they get about something? I mean, if you, you see something that's accessorized, and we need a yes no answer, do we're down to the very end here. Yeah. Uh, no. Yes, we do see it, and accessory sells cars as much as that sounds crazy. I, it sounds perfectly logical to me, actually. <laughs> there you go. There, there's still a lot of opportunity left in car shows yes. around the world. Look, I want to thank all three of you for coming in today. Very interesting discussion. We're going to have to do this again. We've only scratched the surface. But Rick Deneau from FCA, Steve Bruin from Foresight Research, Steph Stephanie Brindley from IHS Market, thank you very much for this very interesting Thanks. Thanks. Thank you, John. Thanks. And of course, as always, I want to thank all of you for having tuned in.